Abba Yahweh, again, you have graced me for this day to share your word, to share with brothers and sisters and anyone who has an ear to hear and listen to your truth, knowledge, and wisdom, Father God. Thank you for allowing me to be a conduit for that to them, Father, that you bless me through this. Now, Father, allow me to bless them through this gift that you've given to me, Father. Thank you for this day, your day. Thank you for the breath, Father God, in my lungs that you allow. Abba Yahweh, Abba, Yeshua, Abba, So, brothers and sisters, I'm going to share some with you that there's there's so much going on, and I believe that there are many that are missing what's taking place because they choose to just ignore it or pretend it's not happening or their trust in things that are not where they should be. And I'm talking about mammon in regards to laying up their treasure and temporal existence and man government's rulings and and I see these things that are taking place and so I'm not I have some fright but I've shared with you that God knows that things make us afraid but don't be fearful because that's what the minions of hell want to happen Satan desires for us to be fearful because when we're fearful we do things that we would not normally do. We react the way we normally would not act. And we treat people with such derisiveness. I mean, you go back and look at all this, this false testimonies that were being made and done and driven people to be so, so, so afraid. And they were reacting and treating each other way that I pray that they wouldn't normally do. Maybe they were that way. I don't know. But brothers and sisters, we just need to be in prayer about all things and everything. And John wrote about that. We're told to do that. We are told in the word of God. Brothers and sisters, I'm bringing this up because my heart's somewhat troubled. I'm, I'm seeing more and more of these things coming up and, and appearing. They, they have these individuals that are claiming to be something that, regrettably, are not who or what they say they are. And I say it that way because there will be many that are just going to buy into their diatribe and, and buy that tripe and that spewage that's coming out of that, pardon my crudeness, but that sewage effluent that is sticking on the front of their face that they call a mouth. I can't describe it any other way, really, for me, because that's exactly what it is. What's coming out of there is fetid, foul stench and lies and deceit. But the sad part of it is that they're professing to be from the church or they're professing to be from this ministry or that ministry. But when you, if you lean in and you're leaning and listening with spiritual hearing and you listen to what they say, they are not speaking godliness. They are speaking froward they are speaking false testimony and doctrine. And it's not from the Bible. It doesn't come from the Bible. You don't hear them speak the Bible much. Or what they will do is they'll quote a scripture to enhance their the appearance. Um, you have to understand, and I've shared this with you before, that and, and it's going to become more and more relevant and more and more important. And you'll understand as time goes by. But here's the important thing. I'm going to share this with you. I was going to hold off for a minute, but I'm going to jump over here to um, 
you got to jump over here to 1 John 4. <clears throat> this is very important. John writes this, and it's really, really important. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Brothers and sisters, this ties in relatively to the spiritual warfare that we're in. And Jesus himself tells us that they will come as ravening wolves. Peter describes the lion roaring in the bush to frighten the prey and scare them out. I've shared with you before how lions hunt when they hunt and they're in the pack or the pride goes out and they hunt together. And I've shared with you that we are told that the minions of hell operate in this way. They work on frightening and making individuals fearful so that they react contrary to what they normally would or how they normally would. And I share this because there are more and more and more that are cropping up that are claiming to be something that they are not at all and claiming to be prophets and speakers of this and they even call themselves bishops or prophet so-and-so or oh my goodness gracious it just it's pitiful so they're calling people out and naming names and pointing fingers and very accusatory. I shared with you some while ago, <coughs> pardon me, of the alleged committee that was established and they brought themselves together. And oh my gosh, when I look at I couldn't help but see the Sanhedrin sitting with Jesus before them. And they were, oh my God, they were supposedly doing some kind of an interview but they were the five most godly individuals that they could muster together. And they decided to build this committee and they were going to decide and they came together and they were pointing the finger and they were naming names, pointing the fingers and they were standing or sitting rather um, at this interview. And they were, nothing that came out of their mouth was good word. It was all disrespectful. It was all accusatory, condemning. And none, none of these five individuals in their nice, clean, tidy suits were sharing scripture. They were very much practicing Phariseeism, <clears throat> judgmentalism. And these individuals now They've kind of changed their guise a little bit. And there are some of these individuals that are putting themselves out there and call themselves bishop so-and-so or pastor so-and-so and such-and-such. -and, -such and the titles that they put on there. And then they might use one scripture, but then they're pointing their finger and, and they spend 12 to 15 minutes of accusations. Instead of warning, like I... I 
tried to share with you, and, and I shared one individual, and it's really hard for me not to point out and and speak his name, but that's, brothers and sisters, if you try the Spirit, you listen to the Spirit of God, and you pray that, and by my descriptions, I believe I've given you enough, and and but it becomes very, I have, I want to be cautious because I don't want to be professing something and then be judgmental about it because there's a difference. There's a profound difference. But as John writes in his letter, epistle, it's very important that we try the spirit of all things. And these individuals speak untruths. They speak false doctrines and they stir the masses. It's kind of like, um, it's exactly what the Pharisees did when they were when they took Jesus to Pontius Pilate, the magistrate. What did Pontius Pilate do? He turned it right back on them and he said, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna, nothing this man has done warrants crucifixion. Three times, three times he went back to them. And three times that he had Jesus privately with him because they wanted to come push in. Oh, he told them, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna interview him. I'm gonna interview the accused. And he took him in and he asked Jesus. And each time that he responded and talked to Jesus, he came back to the Pharisees three different times and said, I find no guile in this man. What does that mean? I've shared this with you about children. Everybody says, oh, they're all born into sin. No, they're not. They're born into a broken plane of existence. They're broken, born into a broken world, which is where we are. But if we bring them up in the way that they should walk, then they'll, be, they'll walk in righteousness. They'll walk in truth. But here's the thing, children are without guile. They're born with no guile. They don't know how to lie. They don't know how to steal. They don't know how to cheat. But you look around at everything that's going on in the world today without the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the teachings of God or adhering to the teachings of God. They are teaching young boys how to be girls and young girls how to be boys. And there is scripture that talks about this coming to happen. It's coming, the, the scriptures are coming to fruition, brothers and sisters. The truth, the empirical evidence is out there going contrary to everything that God intended for us and his truth. And then you have your children are being taught how to lie, how to cheat, how to steal, and how to make dirty, filthy money. They use the children, these, I mean, and this is not something that's brand new, so don't get all surprised about it. This has been, this was from years and years and years ago. I'm talking about decades in the past. They used, they would take the small children and they would pay them a great deal of money and all they had to do is be a lookout. When the police patrols came or law enforcement came, the kids out there with his sitting on the curb with his basketball and his bicycle on the kickstand. He wasn't just sitting out there. He was watching. And he would jump on the bike and he'd go and he'd pass his warning because they were, police were on patrol. And I'm not talking about somebody... 13, 14, 15, 16 years ago, I'm talking about kids that are just old enough to ride a bicycle, seven, eight, nine years old, 10 years old, and they pay them. They pay them a, a decent amount of money that their parents can't give to them. So they draw them in with the tasty dainties and the, and the Bible talks about being tempted by the dainties. And what those are is exactly what it sound, I know it's kind of a funny word that we don't use and we have not heard, possibly. Actually, I've heard it in some old stories, but dainties are the lure. You know, little fruit rolls or special little cakes or special little 
tasty treats or something to enhance the children or you know uh like i i remember when when we were children is and they were starting to tell us about you know stranger danger that's nothing new either and and teach but look at what goes on with the children now they don't pay any attention to any of that they pay no attention to the warnings no attention if some stranger comes up to you and offers you candy to, to and, oh, I'll give you a ride home. Come on, I, I happen to have some candy right here. Uh no, 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 no. If you don't know them, you run and run and run and run. The opposite direction. By the same token, brothers and sisters, as we are children of the Lord God Almighty, and he is our heavenly father, I warn you the same way. Be cautious of those that come bearing their gifts that they do, and they will, and the little dainty treats that they do. And then, of course, their profession to be something that they're not. And then they go on about and point their fingers. They accuse and they condemn, and they offer no prayers up for these individuals. I have problems and I have issues within my own head and within what I see and what I'm hearing from these lying, egregious individuals that are out there um, in political offices that are supposed to be caring for us, and they don't. I have issues and problems there, but at the same time, brothers and sisters, I tell you this now in truth, as I pray for this nation, I pray for them. I pray even for these individuals that are doing the accusing and pointing their fingers because they do have the possibility of repentance. They can change direction and turn around. That's what that word means, just to change direction. They're marching in a very terrible direction and all they have to do is just turn around, come back to God and pray forgiveness, repent, forgiveness. And it can be done, but instead what they're doing, and I don't know who's paid them or how they're getting paid, but I know that they are because I've observed some of these individuals Brothers and sisters, I share again with you, it's very important that we do this, that we try the spirit because many false prophets are gone out into the world. John also tells us further in regards to that, that we try the spirit in all things, in all manner of things that we get around. And I'm, it's a, powerful. The Holy Spirit is with us. We'll guide our steps. And it is there. It's very important for us, brothers and sisters, that we do this thing. And we have to do this because God as we find in 1 John 3, the love of God. John talks about God and God's love a lot. John, the beloved. And that we have to, here inside, you know, I, I think I'm gonna just, I'm gonna go through Spirit just told me that I ought to do this. I I was going to just share from spotted places, but it's important because John <clears throat> is talking about truth. He's talking about love and he's talking about Jesus dying for us. <clears throat> Pardon me. I can tell already that this is... <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to share this with you right quick and then I'm going to go into the reading. When the devil will bring and has his minions come on and they bring these things up to try to trip me up and they try to make things difficult for me to share this, that, what that does, it tells me that I'm doing what I should be doing. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for that. And there too is an important aspect is that we need to be thanking God for these things because he goes through this with us. I mean, he's not just letting us go through it on our own. He's with us in everything. 
The Spirit guides us in everything. And when these things come, they temper our faith. They make us stronger. So quit complaining about things that'll come because they will. And the Bible tells us, the word of God tells us, the truth tells us that this is a broken plane of existence. It is a broken world. It is shrouded in darkness. Men prefer the darkness because they think it hides what they do. And that is relative not only into visual aspects, but also what these individuals that are coming doing and they're spreading the darkness and derisiveness because they think that they're hiding. But here's the truth. Apocalypto will take place. What does that mean? The apocalypse will take place. And don't go to Hollywood. Don't go to the Terminator and don't go to all these sci-fi flicks because the apocalypse is not specifically dealing with all that falls down and crumbles and falls apart. What the apocalypse is, what the word means, apocalypse, I've shared it with you. It's a Greek com uh, combination word. Means the unveiling, the unveiling or the revealing. As in the book of Revelation, and there are many that claim to be Christians or label heads or self-proclaimed that don't read the book of Revelation. They won't read the book of Revelation because, and I've shared this with you before, they claim it to be all doom and gloom. It's not all about doom and gloom. It's the revelation, and many translations will say, revelation, and then right underneath the heading of Jesus Christ. If you read the book of Revelation and you go into the book of Revelation, it talks about, through the whole thing, it talks about Jesus Christ. It talks about Jesus Christ, and he visited John in the island of Patmos. He gave John visions. The angels came. They administered to John, and they showed him visions of heaven. They showed him the vials of our prayers that we send to God that takes time to listen to those of us that take time to pray, and he saves them because he's finds him a sweet savor to his nostrils, a sweet perfume, a sweet incense. He loves our prayers. And then as you go later in the book of Revelation, you'll find the second coming of Jesus. And those things are gonna take place right before he comes. It's all in the Bible. But the thing of it is, the book of Revelation is the only place that you see that. If you go back to the Old Testament, you follow the rule of faith like we are told to do, is that you read the book from the front cover to the back cover, and you read his book from the back cover to the front cover. You follow the rule of faith in all things, in all aspects of this book, this manuscript, this roadmap, this guidebook, this instruction manual. You study it, read it front to back and back to front. You'll find that it's interwoven. And you will see that Jesus Christ is revealed many times in the Old Testament, not just in the New Testament. And there are specifics that indicate if you just read through there and you're not looking specific for it, you cannot deny that it's talking about Jesus Christ, Savior, anointed of God. You can't deny it. Or you can. You can refuse to see it and you choose not to, you have a free will choice. But brothers and sisters, if you follow the rule of faith and you pray the Spirit guide you, it will. And in the final chapter of the book of Revelation, it's talking about this book. And this book that they're talking about, I firmly believe in my heart, and the Holy Spirit tells me that I'm correct. It's not talking about the book of Revelation. It's talking about God's word, the Bible in the entirety that if you refuse to adhere to the tenets of the Lord God and you are in violation, you speak forwardly to the tenets of God and you teach false doctrine and you continue to do so and you do not choose to repent, then you will suffer the consequences of all the plagues of this book. Very specific in there. And before I get into John, I'm going to go back here because the spirit is grabbed on and said, take him for a ride. So I'm going to take you for a ride. Hang on. <clears throat> Make sure that the windows are rolled up. Keep your hands and arms inside. 
and keep the seat belt fashioned. Fastened, sorry. <clears throat> so bear with me just a moment because I didn't have a marker there, but I'm dealing, going through here. Ooh. <clears throat> Here's a good uh, marker in my concordance. Wow. The Holy Spirit had me doing this for a reason. You remember what Jesus spoke about religions? Jesus didn't care for them much because they were a lot of pompacity and things that they did. They thought that they had God. They would put him in these little card boxes and they would pull God out when it was convenient for them to do something. And then they didn't teach about him at all. Wow. It gives a number of scriptures about this. Isaiah 48.1. Ezekiel 33, 31. Wow. Ezekiel 33, 31. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit down before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them, for with their mouth they show much love, and their heart goeth after their covetousness. And that comes from exactly what Jesus was teaching us. Let your yeas be yeas and your nays be nay. What does that mean? That means you are truthful. You are honest. You are not deceitful. That if you say yes, you mean yes. If you say no, you mean no. And you speak truth, only truth. And I tell you again, brothers and sisters, I give you the opportunity that you try the spirit. You do as John wrote and how Jesus told us and how we are told to try the spirit. Try the spirit of what I tell you and what I share with you and see if the Holy Spirit doesn't say, stay for the ride, stay for the ride. It's worth the ride. These false prophets and those that claim to be the teachers, and I'm going to point out again, just so you, you have an understanding here. I took my name off of this podcast. I had my name when I first started. I thought, wow, that's going to be cool. People are going to know, la, da, da, da. But it's not my podcast. It's God's podcast. This is his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom that he has shared with me to share with others and blesses me to bless other people. As I pray, prayed the prayer of Shabez to my Lord, my God, and he has honored that prayer. And this is to glorify God and not to glorify myself. Whereas these other individuals, and you'll see them, I mean, they make themselves fairly obvious and they seem to pick the names out that will stand out and will resonate with individuals so that they can want themselves higher, above. And like I tell you, they'll share a scripture so that they can make themselves appear to be important make themselves appear to be something that they are not. And they show much love, but their heart goeth after their own covetousness. They'll profess something with their mouth, but the reality is that they're not true. They're liars, perverts, deceivers. <sighs> wow. And that was Ezekiel 33, 31 and verse 32. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument for they hear thy words, but they do them not. They're going to profess something just like the label heads and the self-proclaimed Christians that are not what they say they are. Walk in his heart, walk in his compassion, walk in his kindness, walk in his truth. The truth is the only thing that matters and the love that God has given and put into us. It's important. And this is a very powerful thing here. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus shared this. This is, comes from Lord Jesus, Savior, 
Emmanuel, God in us, Christ, anointed of God. That is his name, and that's what the breakdown of his name means. Savior, Redeemer, God with us, God in us. And he tried to tell the Pharisees that, you see me, you see God, and he taught us. If you see me, you see the Father. You know that I am his truth. And he shared that. Jesus taught us that. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Wow. Mark 7, 6 is sharing the same thing of Ezekiel. Now you see here you have a book of the New Testament written by Mark, and then you go back up here to Ezekiel. He's a prophet of God back in the Old Testament saying a like thing. He answered and said unto them, Matthew 7, 6. Well hath Esaias prophesied of you hypocrites, as is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You'll find that also shared in the book of Luke 646. Talking about those individuals that are out there saying, oh yeah, I'm Bishop so-and-so. Oh yeah, I'm from this ministry. Oh yeah, I'm from this church and I'm, I'm this and I'm that. <laughs> but remember what Jesus also taught about those false prophets and when they get to heaven and they try to get in, Oh, Lord, Lord, look what we did in your name. Look what we did. Look what our church was doing in your name. La, da, 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 da. And Jesus just kind of turned away from them as if he's going to walk away and then turn and look back over his shoulder at him. Give him a, I give him a half glance. I can, I can see this vision in my head and I, oh, I pray my strength. And he just looks at him and he said, hmm, I never knew you. And I don't know you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Holy Spirit guides. Is the greatest and worst defeat is to have the Lord as you come rather than saying, oh, welcome home, my good and faithful child. Welcome home. Instead, you hear the lion of the tribe of Judah, turn and look. I don't know you. I never knew you. Be gone from this place. For you have no part in the kingdom of heaven. You are not an heir, a joint heir in the kingdom of heaven, and you are not my brethren. Get thee gone. Oh, man. How powerful is that? Brothers and sisters, that is not what you want to happen. So let your yeas be yeas and your nays be nay. You speak the truth, only the truth. Don't be as these hypocrites and vipers and liars and deceivers standing out there saying that they're one thing and then not being that at all. Don't be a label head. Don't be a self-proclaimed Christian. Be a Christian. Be Christ-like. Be of the Lord. That's what the word Christian means, Christ-like or of Christ. Wow. Brothers and sisters, darkness is upon the face of this plane of existence we're on. And if you don't see it and don't understand it, but the thing of it is that the light is that which shines out that we must share truth, love, and compassion. John speaks in his open letter, and now we see again almost a repeat of that thing that we read in John. It's very important. And as a comparative note, you can go back to John and read John, the first chapter. It's there. It talks about Jesus' what? 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's an important scripture there in, in John 1.1. 1, 1. It's important because those individuals that are not speaking truth that are out here are confounded and confused, and those that speak the truth will be confusing to them because they don't get it. And just like Jesus talked to the Sanhedrin when he told me, he said, well, of course you don't know the truth. You don't know the truth because you wouldn't know it even if it was a viper and it came up and it bit you. You wouldn't know it. He didn't say that. That's a paraphrase by myself. But essentially, he was standing right before him and they didn't even know it. And he was speaking the scripture, but then they professed that they knew them better than he did. But he said, how can you claim to know something, but yet you don't recognize anything? Why? Because you don't speak the truth. You speak the language of your father and your father does not speak the truth. And he called them out. He told them straight up that you are the children of the devil. And he speaks lies and untruths, which is exactly what these individuals are doing out there, speaking lies and untruths, mixed cycle babble so that people get confused by what they're saying. They're not understanding, but they're not trying the spirit. The first letter of John, first epistle. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked Upon and our hands have handled uh, the word of life. What's John talking about? Is he talking about the Torah? No, he's talking about Jesus. Walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, touched Jesus. The word of life and truth. For the life was manifested and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Jesus was with the Father from the beginning. It was with the Word. It was the Word, is the Word. From God, in God. Just like he told this, the Sanhedrin. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. And he told us. They said, how can we know? How can we see? If you've seen me and you see me and you know and you believe, you've seen the Father. I come from the Father. The Father is in me and you are in me. And this is when he prayed thanks to God for them being them and that he did not lose any of them. There were some that ultimately walked away because they couldn't fathom the thought of Jesus leaving and not being seen anymore. So... They in turn, yes, they walked away. And it tells us right in the Bible that, that some did. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, Savior anointed of God. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Why does John say it that way? Well, he says it that way because the word of God tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that we need him. You know, here's the thing. 
He wasn't waiting for us to become holy and, and clean and righteous and upright and all that. So wait, 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 I'm not going to go yet. I'm not going to do it yet because I'm not ready. I'm not clean. I'm not. No, you're not ready because you're denying it. God knows that we are weak. He knows that we have fear. But what if you go through the word of God and you seek his truth, knowledge, and wisdom in all things, in all things, in all things, try the spirit. And if you go through the word of God, you will see that all through the word, God knows that we're frightened. He knows that we're weak. He knows that we're afraid, but God is with us. And probably the most well-known, but I can find, and, and I probably should go and get all the scriptures regarding this, just to share them with you that they're, it's not just in the book of Jeremiah, which seems to be the most prominent, um, Joshua 1, I'm sorry, the most prominent, and the one that folks remember the most, But you know that Joshua took over after Moses passed the gauntlet, you might say, that Joshua was made the leader of the nation of Israel. And God was talking to him and making sure that he understood And Joshua had fright. He was afraid and confessed that. And God's talking to him. But God is reassuring him. And we're going to go back and going to read verse 5. No, actually I'm not. I'm going to go to Joshua and just read through this from chapter 1, verse 1, where God appointed Joshua. He wasn't voted into office. He was anointed and called by God and brought to do this. Because you remember when the spies went into the land of Canaan, Caleb and Joshua were the only ones that stayed true to the word of God. They were the only one that believed and, and grabbed onto his promise. And out of the 12 spies that went, Caleb and Joshua were the only ones, <coughs> pardon me, who held on to the, the word of God as truth and his promises. The only ones. What happened to the other 10? Well, you can go back and find out that they were swallowed up by the earth because they, they convinced, not just that they didn't believe. Here's something that might be hard to understand, but if those, if those 10 repented and they asked forgiveness and said, we're sorry, Father, that we were so weak that we didn't, Believe your promise. Forgive us of that sin. That actually they may have been forgiven, but they did not. And what they did and what grieved the Lord so much that he swallowed them up was that they deceived the nation. They convinced the nation that God's strength was not enough. They convinced the others, which is what Jesus got mad at when he drove the money changers out of the courts of the synagogue, the temple, because they were not only stealing from God, they were stealing from the people and making them pray, pay, monetarily pay for coming to God. God didn't charge you anything. That's a free will choice. What he asks you to do is in tithes and offerings that you support the church, but see what these money changers are doing. They were taking it and they were charging a tax or a uh, commission fee or a um, 
an exchange rate because their sacrifice that they brought that was actually good, they were told was not good and they had to have a sacrifice that was already blessed. So they would make an exchange, but they charge them a tax on exchanging that sacrificial sacrificial lamb. And then their money to come in that they were going to put in the offering plate or their tithe to the church was not good enough because it wasn't temple money. The temple had minted special coins and they had to buy temple money, but they were also charged an exchange rate for doing so. So they were stealing from God, stealing from the people. And just like those 10 didn't come back and profess their, and confess their failure to follow the word and the promise of God, and they convinced others to do the same. Just like these false prophets and these false teachers are teaching froward and they're speaking false doctrine and they're convincing others there. And the Bible tells us that there is going to be a special judgment for them when they claim to be such that they are not. And then they convince others to go against the tenets of the Lord God Almighty and convince them to walk away they're going to have a special judgment. Why is that? Because they are professing to be something that they are not, just not just lying about it, but they are convincing others to follow. That's going to be pretty powerful. <clears throat> to the book of Joshua, first chapter. Now, after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua and the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, <clears throat> from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall I thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. <clears throat> God is telling Joshua to obey the tenets of his law. And we're not talking, we're told also that we must follow the laws of this plane of existence that we're on because the laws are established and God does not want us to be contrary to that, which would make us sinful. He doesn't want that to happen. So it's important. But what's important too is that we obey the laws that were given to Moses that he delivered. Not the laws of Moses, the laws of God that Moses was the delivery guy. He was the DHL package delivery, the UPS delivery, the FedEx delivery, however you want to describe it. That's what Moses was. He delivered the package of the law that God gave to us to follow and obey. And then, of course, the pharisaical tyrants, they tried to use that as a basis to crucify Jesus. Of course, they made up whatever they wanted to anyway. But they were trying to say that he was in violation of the laws of Moses, which was not the laws of Moses. They were his law anyway. And his response being that he is the law of Moses was exactly the truth. And we find that in John 1, because he was with God from the beginning, he is the word, the word in God, the God in the word. <clears throat> and that he was manifest and sent here. So that he could walk with us and be with us and teach us and died for us. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate 
therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. What's he talking about? He's talking about the word of God. This book that is ours that God gave to us. God is the author and the finisher. He had those pen it and write it individuals, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Peter, Ruth, Esther, men and women, Ezekiel, Micah, Habakkuk, Ezekiel, Daniel, they all penned, they all wrote, but the breath of God was in them and he is the author and gave them the words and they wrote it down. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Sharing with you again, brothers and sisters, that doesn't matter where we go and that doesn't mean when God tells us that, it doesn't mean from point A to point B, that you go from the West Coast to the East Coast. It does, but it doesn't. What is this guy talking about? What I'm talking about is whether we're really joyful or we're just kind of cruising or we're in a valley, a dark valley of grief. We've lost a loved one, widow or widower, son, daughter, mother, father, doesn't matter. <clears throat> Wherever we are, God is with us. The emotions that we have come from God. Yes, God has joy. God is pleased. And many places in the Bible, it talks about how God delights. Uh, hello, that's an emotion. But the love of God is important that we share and we show the love of God. We share and show the truth. We walk in the law. The law is not coming from Moses. And not God's not talking about the Ten Commandments. He is, but he isn't. What God is talking about the is the tenets that are contained in this book, in this word of God in his truth, in his knowledge, in his wisdom, that we stay in that. We meditate on this book, the Bible, his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. Brothers and sisters, it's here. Stay in the book. Stay in the truth. You are in my prayers, my going out, my coming in, have a great day that this Lord has made and that we walk boldly, upright, and courageously. Be blessed.